Welcome everybody, to our special Friday edition of our Shir, which is on Beer Tefillah, um, sponsored by B'Tzalel Rose, Umeshpachtoi of Los Angeles, with Anishmas' brother, Tzvi Ben Levi Yitzchak, Meshamesh Heaven Aliyah, B'Yomis Yosheh V'Sol Meshpacha, Adbias Goyal Tzedek. So today we continue on in the Tefillah of Haidu. We, met, we mentioned a few times already, and we're going to mention it again this week, that Hoidu was commissioned by uh, David HaMelech, commissioned Asaf to compose Hoidu as a shira that was sung partially for the Tamid Shal Shachar and partially for the Tamid Shal Ben Harbayim. From Hoidu until Shirulai Shachadash, they sang for the Tamid Shal Shachar. From Shirulai Shir Chadash until Raimamu, they they sang from from the Tamid Shalbein Harbayim, and um, as we're going to see, perhaps next week, this may even have been the song that the cows sang when they brought the Aroin back to the Mishkan, but it was definitely the song that was sang upon the Aron's return to the Mishkan. And we mentioned, uh, that's why Nusuch Svard says Hoidu, sort of right after Karbanois, since this was the Shir saying over the Kavan Tamid Shal Shachar. Last week we mentioned a few very important ideas. We mentioned the word Hoidu means not only to thank Hashem, but to elevate Hashem. That part of gratitude is to commit oneself to study the eminence of the Rebbe Kiru Bishmai refers to the the... Uh, the practice of Avraham and Yitzchak that they were Vayikra B'Shem Hashem. Hoidiu Ba'amem Ali Loisav. Shirulai Zamrulai. Shirulai means to have the right thoughts and then through music and song it illuminates the thoughts. Shirulai Zamrulai. Because if you're not thinking the right things, many, Rav Nassim, you know, there are many civilizations that have different kinds of music. Did you know that? You know, there are different civilizations. They have the Japanese have their music, and the South Africans and the Africans have their music. So music in and of itself is not going to have value. You could even make a whole museum, but without the right machshavos, the music is not bringing anything out. So so first it has to be shirulai zamrulai, then we had sichu b'chol nifla'isav. That means one has to discuss all the wonders of God. You can't leave out even one. If there is one plant that you haven't spoken about yet, then you need to use the opportunity to speak about all of God's wonders. Then we learned his Hallelu B'Shem Kadshai, that by praising God, we are the one who takes glory, not God, because if Hashem allows us, so to speak, to praise Him, it is the glory for us um, and not a glory for Him. Now we continue, Yismach Lev Mavakshei Hashem. Let the heart rejoice of those who seek out God. Would you ever say, Yismach Lev Mavakshe Hakarkis? Yismach Lev Mavakshe, uh, I don't know, your wallet. Nobody is rejoicing looking for their wallet. And nobody is rejoicing looking for their karkis. You could say, Yismach Lev Moitse Hakarkis. You could rejoice if you find your karkis or if you find your wallet. But when it comes to God, the search and the 
uh, bikush for the Rebbeinu is different than any other bikush. Says the Siach Yitzchak. What's interesting is yesterday on Thursday we were learning in the Shimrushir the approach of the Sefer Shvisas Hashabbos of Rabbi Yitzchak Meltzin. So not only did he write um, Shvisas Hashabbos, he wrote a parish on the Siddur called the Siach Yitzchak, which is printed in the Siddur Hagra. And he says, In every Indian, someone who searches for something, if he doesn't find it, then all of his toil was for naught, it was a waste. Not so the search for God. The search itself is an elevated end goal. When it comes to Avodas Hashem, it is the search alone which engenders happiness, which is different than any other area where usually looking for something is aggravating and annoying, and the satisfaction is only in finding it. Comes Rav Shimon Schwab. Now there's an expression here that I worked on very hard, and I finally, with Siyata Deshna, was able to figure out what it's talking about. Says Rav Shwab, in the whole world, whether by Jews or Gentiles, there are people, their soul is disgusted with the emptiness of this world. They sort of have a dissatisfaction with the superficiality of this world. There are those that their lack of peace of mind flows and emanates from an intellectual understanding. Some people look at general conduct in the world, look at the promiscuity promoted by the New York Times, look at the emptiness of uh, the mankind, and they intellectually understand that this world is missing something. Then there are other people who have an emotional void. Some people, it's not that they say, you know, life, it's not just about eating food and indulging in pleasure. That's more of an intellectual understanding. Some people just have an emotional pit and they feel that there's something, their life is missing, they can't put their finger on it. Hatsara Shava Shabahem the common denominator is, They both have an inner drive to seek out the path of goodness and justice. Now, where does this come from? This is the inner drive of the human being to be Mavakesh Hashem. Says the Reb Schwab, It is worthwhile to read what the righteous, a righteous convert wrote. Miyapan so first of all, it Jewish took... Observer. There you go. A, a, I didn't get that right away, but very good. There, a Gerrit Sedek from Japan, from Japan, wrote in the Jewish newspaper, Jewish, it took me a while to figure that one out, <laughs> Observer. All of Hashalom, by the way, because uh, there's no more Jewish Observer. Jewish yeah? He talks about his history. He grew up in Japan, complete atheist. 
in his search for the truth, he became a Christian. He was looking for something more. He was looking for something more meaningful, for some kind of spirituality. And he did not find satisfaction until he became a Yehudi reform. He became a reform. He became a conservative Jew. Until he, he found respite becoming a real Jew. Now, when I say real Jew, anyone born Jewish is a real Jew. The Judaism they practice may not be real Judaism. But if you have a Jewish mother, then regardless of what you do, you're not any more or less a real Jew. However, this was a Gentile. So, so long as he's not converting to authentic Judaism, he ain't a real Jew. But the truth is, there are thousands like him. We need to tell them, The importance of a Jew is not a Jew's wisdom. Understand that the value of Judaism is not what, what is called Jewish wisdom. The value of Judaism is the glory we have being associated with God's holy name. Let us hallel b'shem Hashem. And we have the joy that we can rejoice in seeking out Hashem. Yismach lev Hashem. And certainly among Jews who were born Jews. For example, in our country, in the United States of America, there, most Jews don't know what Judaism is. Whether it's the majority of Jews in the United States of America do not know the Pasuk Shema Yisrael Hashem Oikeinu Hashem Echad. The majority, not, not, I shouldn't say the majority, 9 out of 10 Jews in America do not know to say the Pasuk Shema Yisrael Hashem Elekeinu Hashem Echad. The, out of uh, probably maybe even more by now, out of every five weddings that take place in the United States of America, I'm talking of Jewish people, three out of five are intermarriages. And when I say they don't know Shema, that means they've never said the Pasuk in their life. So, but that doesn't mean they don't, they're not yearning for God. They don't, know, they don't know where to look or how to look. And therefore says Rav Schwab, because there is an inner yearning in the heart of all mankind, especially of the Jew, to seek out God. It is incumbent upon every Jew who knows the value of Avodah Hashem to conduct oneself, to be a living example, how to go on the way, that the light of God resides in. Because when somebody sees proper conduct, proper midas, proper behavior, then their inner yearning will be activated and they'll say, you know what, maybe this is what I'm yearning for, maybe this is what I'm missing. Okay, so let's see some of the commentary on these psukim. Yismach lev mevakshe Hashem. So we said in the earlier pasuk, His hallelu b'shem kadshay, glory in His holy name. That is the responsibility of all of Klal Yisrael. But an even higher level is Sik Hashem, Yismach lev mevakshe Hashem. The mevakshe Hashem have a special reason to rejoice 
because to seek, to be a seeker of Hashem is a special madrega. This is coming from uh, Rav Miller Sefer called Praise My Soul. In this life, we have the function and the opportunity to seek Hashem, but not to reach Him. But in the afterlife, those who seek Hashem are rewarded that they will reach Hashem. Those who don't strive now will not find later, as the Gemara says in Erevin, Hayoim la'asoysam umachar le'kabal This is a life of effort, of toil, of work, of seeking, and the afterlife is the time of achievement. Now, in this life though, even though we're not achieving, we are still urged to rejoice. It is a duty to rejoice. We're obligated to the rejoice. Otherwise, if you're not rejoicing, then you don't, you don't, you obviously don't recognize the importance of the opportunity. In other words, let's say you knew that through your search, you would make $10 billion. You would be joyous in your search. One who is not joyous in their pursuit of Avedas Hashem apparently doesn't recognize what they are achieving, what they stand to achieve. <laughs> How can, if we have emuna that and that every time we're involved in Limar Atayra, every time we're involved in doing mitzvahs, we are doing those activities that bring us really the ultimate toiva that exists. How can one not rejoice if they're, so to speak, putting an effort into something that will pay the greatest possible dividends? He who seeks without joy is not a true seeker. How could you seek without joy? Then you obviously don't recognize what you're looking for. Obviously, you don't realize you're looking for the greatest objective. We are urged to rejoice because the goal of all of our efforts is closeness to Hashem, which is the ultimate good. As David HaMelech says, Va'ani, and as for me, Kervas Elohim, the closeness to Hashem, Li Taiv, is good. This nearness is the purpose of seeking Hashem, and it is the highest perfection for which we rejoice now. Another pshat says Rav Miller, Yismach lehev mevakshe Hashem. The heart of those who seek Hashem will rejoice in the afterlife, in Olam Haba. When I was a Bachar, my heart was pounding as I stood about 40 feet away from Rav Victor Miller and I wanted to ask him the following question. Why in the Torah does heart refer to the mind? We say, Uvalev kol chacham lev yitain chachma. In the heart of every wise-hearted person, God placed wisdom. Wisdom is not in the heart. Wisdom is in the mind. Why does the Torah refer to the mind as the heart? And I did have the courage to ask Rav Miller, in fact, why does the Torah refer to the mind as the heart? And he told me, I've already answered this question many times. And I was very distraught because I wanted to hear the answer. And he, I guess, saw that I was distraught. So he said, okay, I'll tell you. And he said, because thoughts are fleeting. In one bracha of Shemana Esrei, you could have 10 million thoughts. You could think about the Yankees, the Mets, the Knicks, the Nets, the Jets, 
the Giants, the Rangers, the Islanders, the Devils, the Buffalo Bills are in the state of New York, you know, and that just in sports. Then you could think about the stock market and mutual funds and bonds and Israeli bonds and and uh, I don't know what else and uh, crypto coins and all kinds of things. And then you and that's just in the first word of the first brachoshman essay. So thoughts are fleeting. Let's say somebody has an improper thought and they and they start thinking about something else immediately. It's not an avera. It popped into your head and you distract yourself right away. When does the Torah value a thought? That's if you have feeling about the thought. When you become emo- when you have a degree of emotion about the thought. When the heart starts beating about a certain thought you have, that thought is valued in the Torah. So, Yismach Lev Mavakshi Hashem. The heart is here said to rejoice. Here he writes, in the holy tongue, heart denotes thought and emotion. So the lev refers to machshava and hargasha. The thoughts and emotions should be aroused to seek Hashem. Okay. Now, we Have continue. Have emotions also fleeting? You could be happy in one minute, sad in the next. And you also have thoughts that are embedded in your memory. They're almost like engraved. Uh, um, well, it's and, a, that, and that, you know, you, you remember things that occurred 50 years ago as if they happened yesterday. Right, So, but, but here's the thing. We know the Torah says, don't hate your brother in your heart. So let's say somebody does something to you, and for a split second, you oh, I don't like it. And, and then, so even the slightest millisecond of a thought is a lav in the Torah, or there has to be some significance to that thought. How do you measure whether a thought has a certain significance, it's whether you have a feeling about that thought. You're right, feelings are also very uh, nebulous. But that's why the Torah refers to the mind as the heart, because a thought has value if you have a certain a feeling about the thought. Okay, now, we say as follows, Dirshu Hashem ve'uzai, seek out God and His strength. Bakshu fun of Tamid. Seek out his face always. How does one seek out the strength of Hashem? What does it mean to seek out his strength? Number one, you need to contemplate his creations. You seek out Hashem by contemplating his creations, number one, and number two, and by contemplating his deeds of history through his, the way he controls history. The first contemplation of his strength is a consideration of the wonders of his wisdom and power through creation. So what are you supposed to study? Raise your eyes on high and see who created these. Yeshaya Navi says, Raise up your eyes and look at the heavens. Shlomo Amalek says, Study the ant. What do you learn from the ant? You learn how to be energetic. The Gemara and Shabbos, Ayin Zayim asks, why is the tail of the ox so long? That means you need to look at an ox and give a shear on an ox. You need to give a shear on a namala. You need to think about the sky. The Gemara also darshans, Hashem knows the dog has little food, 
So therefore, he causes his food to be digested for a long time in the body of the dog. So the first thing one has to study is study creation. Number two, you have to study his strength through history. You have to think about how Hashem protected the Avais. How Hashem, even though Yosef thought his life was coming to an end, Hashem guided and guarded Yosef until he became the Viceroy and the protector of the Jewish people. You have to think about the events of the Makos and Kriyas Yamsuf and Matan Torah and the Mun and the Anani Akavod and the miracle of Yoshua. I have to think about the miracle of Hashem's guiding hand in history until today. You have to think about how the Spanish uh, Inquisition thought they were eradicating the Jewish people. Little did they know they were sending Columbus to America to discover the greatest haven that ever existed for the Jewish people. You have to think about the miracle that President Truman became friendly with the guy Eddie Jacobson, who when uh, there was no chance that the United States would ever recognize the state of Israel, Truman was going to vote against the founding of the state of Israel, and a guy by the name of Eddie Jacobson, who Truman had owned a Borsalino store with him in the South, convinced him to... Uh, to recognize Israel, and uh, and and uh, Truman said no. And what Eddie Jacobson said is, look out at the front of the White House. There's a there's a statue of Andrew Jackson, and he says uh, you're going to be one, you're going to want to be recognized one day as well. What are the chances that Truman would be friendly with some Jewish guy selling Borsalinos to Yeshiva? I don't think they wore Borsalino in Independence, Missouri. That I don't know. Maybe they, they. By the way, you know that. Truman's wife, Bess Truman, would not let a Jew step into her house. I visited his home in Independence. Yeah. And that's a true story. And she wouldn't let me in. Yeah. She wouldn't let a Jew step into the house. And he overcame all of that and a lot of hostility in the State Department. State, yeah. And amongst the other people in the government who are very hostile towards the establishment of the state. We have to think about the miracle that the Soviet Union voted for the formation of the state of Israel, contrary to everybody's uh, speculation, and their real motivation is that Israel was a socialist state, so they figured it would become a communist state. But um, So a person has to understand the, the guiding hand of the Bansham throughout our history. That's all part of Dershu Hashem Ve'uzai. Now, Bakshu Fanov Tamid. Seek his face always. What does that mean to seek the face of God? His face means his favor. We should want to gain the favor of Hashem. In other words, not enough just to do the mitzvahs, but like the Medrash says in this week's parasha, when Moshe Rabbeinu said, All right, we'll give you the Torah, Klai Yisrael said, No. We want to see our king. One, chayim um, Life is in the goodwill of the Lord. So, in other words, you should always want to seek, not just to say, "Okay, fine, yeah, I daven today," but one should try to want to do mitzvahs in a way where they gain the favor of Hashem. Now, when when used with seek, it means more than seeking His favor. It means to seek to come before Him, to approach Him. Our fathers declared this week's parasha, 
Our desire is to see our king. And Moshe, our master, says to Hashem, Hareini nas This is the urge to come as close as possible to him. Which ultimately is fulfilled of being Mekabel the Pnei Ashkina. The Gemara says there are four kinds of people who are not Mekabel the Pnei Ashkina. Those who lie, those who speak Lashon Hara, those who are Mechanef. What is Mechanef? Those who... Uh, Flatterers, right? And what's the fourth group? Who are not mekabel pnei ashchina? Flatterers, liars, mesapri lashon hara, and who remembers? Um, who is not mekabel the pnei ashchina? Okay, we're going to see in a moment. But being... Those people are more than not Mechabel, the Pnei Hashchina. Okay. Those people do not believe in the Lord. Okay. Um... Okay, we'll have to we'll have to look it up. Um, okay, then we say Zichru Niflaisav. Remember his wonders. What does that mean to remember his wonders? So we're admonished to keep always in mind the pictures of his supernatural deeds. One has to have firmly implanted. Joe, you said before there's certain. Uh, Moments in life that are etched into your consciousness, one has to etch into their consciousness the miracles that Hashem performed for Klai Yisrael. We are commanded, which means every day. So you, I like to give the following analogy. You know, the, the Pasuk says in uh, Shir Hashirim, Shuvi, Shuvi Hashulamis, Shuvi, Shuvi, V'nechezebach, Matechezu Hashulamis, Kimachoylas, Ha-Machanoyim. Which means like this. This is a conversation that takes place between the nations of the world and the Jewish people. Shuvi, Shuvi, Hashulamis. Who is the Shulamis? Klal Yisrael is the rose. We are the rose among the thorns. The thorns are the nations of the world. The nations of the world say to us, become like us. Join our people. Join the universal man. We will give you power. We will give you prestige. If you just become one of us, you will be, you will become officials, governors, presidents, Wealthy, v'nechazebach. We will give you position. V'nechazeh is a lashon of v'ata techazeh. You will be given position, 
and we turn to the nations of the world and we say, What could you offer us? The rose? Is there anything that you could offer us that remotely rivals or resembles the dancing of the camps? That means as follows. That when Hashem gave the Torah to the Jewish people, the heavenly angels came down and there was such simcha that the whole retinue of heaven came down to witness what the Rebbe was giving to Kal Yisrael. Kal Yisrael says to the nations of the world, there is nothing that you could possibly give us that can rival and that can match the experience that we had at Sinai. So I don't understand something. It's 2021. Sinai was 3,300 years ago. The Gentiles say to us, convert and you'll become kings, presidents. So we say, what could match Sinai? Sinai is long gone. It happened uh, forever ago. Who, who remembers Sinai? Well, what are we saying? Ah, oh, we're not going to forsake Sinai. I mean, Sinai is ancient history. But the answer is clearly, that experience was seared onto the consciousness of the Jew. That happiness, that joy, that rendezvous with God. We're nafshi yatsa bedabroi, where it's considered that God kissed us. And that's why we daven, yishakeni minashikos piyu, we say, Yubanisham, kiss us again, when you reveal the secrets of the Torah to us again. But that kiss that Hashem gave the Jewish people 3,300 years ago is seared onto the soul of the Jew. It's implanted, it's fixated, it's etched onto our consciousness that we can never forget it and we can never give it up. The analogy I like to give is if you go to uh, Hiroshima today or Nagasaki, you could walk by a bridge and you can look at the bridge and you see a shadow of a guy like this. Or you see a shadow of a guy like that. And you say, well, where's the shadow? Where's the light? Where's the light? The light was 75 years ago when the United States dropped the atom bomb. That The light was so bright, it seared a shadow onto the wall or onto the bridge that you could still see today. It's called um, nuclear shadows. It has a terminology. Nuclear shadows. It's the same thing with Matan Torah. The light, the experience of Matan Torah was so bright, was so powerful, that it seared it onto our souls, it seared it onto our consciousness, that we can never forget it, we can never give it up. We will never trade it in for anything that the nations of the world offer us. So that's what we say. Zichru nifla All of the events of the miracles of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and the giving of the Torah are so powerful that they're literally seared onto our minds. Like the Torah says, Hashem didn't do these miracles just for them, but He gave it to them that they should relate to us, that we should always remember. Bakshu fun of Tamid. Now, this is very important. Part of seeking Hashem is always remember His miracles. Another important point. Rabbi, wasn't one of Rabbi Miller's or Rabbi's mantras, you have to say thank you Hashem during the course of the day, whenever the opportunity comes up, you see something, something positive happened, right? It wasn't that one of the, I, I had Rabbi Moshe Goldberger as a magachir, he was a big Talmud of Rabbi Miller, and that's what he used to tell us. He would say, 
thank you, Hashem, maybe hundreds of times during the course of the day. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, his definitely one of the things that he specialized in is having a uh, a real awareness of the presence of Hakadosh Baruch Hu throughout the day. Now, interesting diok over here. We say zichru. Now we don't say zichru nifla ois. Remember the wonders, but zichru nifla oisav. Remember his wonders. Why does it have to say remember his wonders? Just say remember the wonders. That implies the special wonders that he did especially for us. Now the truth is, miracles happen in the life of every human being. The Gemara Kedushin says on Daflam at Gimel that even if you see an elderly non-Jew, you should stand up for them. The Gemara says, Kama harpat koi avru alav. How many vicissitudes passed over him? Rashi explains, this person experienced so many troubles and miracles in their life. There's so many things that challenge us daily, physically, health, emotional, family. We're constantly challenged and miracles happen to us regularly, to all of mankind. But to the Avais HaKadoshim, Hashem performed His miracles. Not just miracles, His miracles. They're done with special attention and special love. And then we add another word, Asher Asa. Not only remember His wonders, Remember his wonders that he did. That's certainly redundant. We already said remember his wonders. Why do we have to say Asher Asa? And Rav Miller interprets it, God did them so that we should remember them. He doesn't say Zichru Nifla Isa, but Zichru Nifla Isa Asher Asa. Hashem performed the wonders in a manner that it was apparent. He did it so that we should remember them. Now I just want to conclude by sharing with you some of the comments of Rashi on these Psukim. These Psukim of Hoidul Hashem appear in Divrei Hayamim. And the introduction to Hoidu, it says, Bayoimahu on that day, Oz Nasan David Baroish, David appointed as the leader, Lahoidu Slashem, Biyad Asaf through the hands of Asaf. Rashi says that means Asaf began Hoidul Hashem Kirvishmai. And then afterwards, everyone responded after him. Like we find uh, that in Ezra. In other words, Asaf took the lead. He was the chief singer. Now let's just see Rashi's comments on some of these psukim. Rashi learns that this whole segment is a, a, is a gratitude, an expression of gratitude for the miracles that God did with the Arain. By the way, if I may digress for a moment that I think that learning about our daily tefillahs, in a way, is more important than any of the other limudim that we do. And that's because everything else we do, it's sometimes relevant, sometimes not. Even if it's relevant, if it's Hilchas Purim, it's once a year. If it's Hilchas Yomtif, it's a few times a year. If it's Hilchas Shabbos, it's every week. But when you learn about the tefillahs, then you know what to think literally every single day of your life, you know. In a way, the most relevant limud is uh, learning the tefillahs. Okay, anyway, the Rashi learns that when we say make known among the nations God's deeds, this refers to the wonders He did with the Aron and the return of the Aron. Kiru bishmai. Call out in the name of Hashem, meaning Kiru, call out Hashem yazar la'aroinai. God assisted us by helping us retrieve the Aron. 
His hallelujah b'shem kadshai. Glory in His holy name to say, anyone who believes in God, He will help us. In His holy name, that you have a holy God. Okay. Then what does it mean, seek out God and His might? Rashi learns, seek out God and His might, seek out His mikdash and His aroin. The aroin is called the might of Hashem. Like it says, Vayitain Lishvi Uzai, his might, the Aron, went into captivity. Shinasan Aronala Vibishvi. Also we say, Kuma Hashem Limnuchasecha Ata Vaaroin Uzecha. That's why Elazar, who guarded the Aron, was called Uza, because he guarded the Aron that was called Oiz. By the way, okay, remember his wonders. By the way, what were the wonders? That the mice attacked the Philistines for capturing the Aroin. Makas achbarim, v'shalakhu parois alois, uvneem kuloi babais v'yisharena parois. Remember the miracle that the cows took the children and the cows sang and they didn't return. And this whole song was was conducted and composed for the Aron. And they said it, and this we mentioned many times, part of it by the Tamit Shel Shachar and then Shiru Hashem on the Tamit Shel Ben Arbayim. I'll end off with a question to think about. I, I guess I never... This question has been sitting in my subconscious for a few weeks. And that is, if the beginning of Hoidu was said for the Tamit Shoshachar, and the second part was the Tamit Shoben Rabayim, then we should say the first part of Hoidu by Shachris, and the second part of Hoidu by Mincha. Why do we say the whole thing in the morning? Alright, Rabbi Yisrael, I'll let you think about that one. Wishing everyone a wonderful Shabbos, Mevorchim, Adar. There are those who say, Mishanichnas Adar, Mar ben Mesimcha, begins already in Shabbos, Mevorchim, Adar. So wishing everyone a wonderful Shabbos and uh, we'll see you Bez Hashem Monday, if not sooner. Have a good Shabbos, right? By the Shabbos. Way,